0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to a new day, and this is Sheila. I am so glad that you're with me today because that means that God has given you a brand new day. And you know what? It is the day that the Lord has made, and we're want going to rejoice and be glad in it. You know, choosing to rejoice and be glad in it. It absolutely is a choice because so many are choosing to be otherwise. You know, just the fact that we woke up this morning, just the fact that we're still breathing, just the fact that we're in our right mind. That's a lot to be thankful about. And when you're thankful, you you rejoice, you're glad. You're glad about it. And and God has given us this brand new day and, and we don't even know what God has in store for us. But I do know this, that what he has in store for you is good. It is good. Why? Because he got you here and he wouldn't have brought you here if he didn't have anything good in mind for you today. And so I want you to take this opportunity to, if your mind is somewhere else, if you're not really excited about Being in the land of the living, or you're trying to find something to be excited about, that's enough right there that you are in the land of the living. You don't have to be like so many other that are sad and angry and depressed. You know, but each new day that you have, you are faced with a choice. A choice to say, okay, I'm going to rejoice. I know this is happening. I know that is happening. I know I need to pay this. I know that I've just lost my job. I know this or that and the other, and and it's not anything that's really pleasant. But you know what? In the face of this, I'm going to rejoice. I can't do anything about it right now anyway. So I choose to take this opportunity to give God praise because the Bible says in all things to give him praise. You, we just don't understand just how powerful praise and worship is see when we rejoice like that even in the midst of adversity it it signals uh the enemy to let him know what you what you meant for evil god is causing it to work together for my good so i'm going to rejoice for what's about to happen i'm not necessarily rejoicing about what's happening right now, but I'm rejoicing of what's coming out of this. When we go through life and we get hit some blows, you know, some unexpected things that come your way, things that's that's not really what you want to see, we can choose to allow the weight of that or the weight of this world To just crush us down and steal the blessings that God intends for us to have on our new day. But I want to remind you that life is so precious. And it's just not to be wasted or taken for granted because it's a gift. And with all that God gives us each each new day that he allows us to be a part of, we owe him we owe him our praise. We we owe him worship because, you know, just like in the natural, someone gives you a gift and and it's something that that you like, you know, one of the things that we're gonna do is we're gonna say thank you. And if we are really thankful, if the gift is really great, we're really gonna be exuberant in our in our praise. We're just gonna really let the person know just how much we appreciate uh what they've done. But, you know, I think that we have been so uh, tainted by what's going on in the world right now. And people have become so hard, hard, whereas that they can't pull themselves up to see a reason to be. Glad to rejoice, to worship God, and I get that because you know everybody has a story, and and sometimes what someone else has been dealt with may be so overwhelming that they just can't see past that to rejoice in God. But God can change a heart at a moment. God can change a spirit. God can change a mindset. God can change how we look at situations and how we feel at the moment. And God can bring joy and peace in any situation. He really can. When we look to him and we cry out to him and we begin to worship him, not for what he does, not for what necessarily is going on in our lives, but just worshiping him for who he is. It releases a spiritual chemical in the atmosphere that flows right back to us. Even though the worship is unto the Lord, that he releases, he releases something in the atmosphere that flows, flows right back to us and it gets into our hearts and our spirit. And you know what? It lifts us up and it causes us to feel better. Because when we worship, when we truly worship God, when we truly worship him, you know, the kind of worship that the Bible says that that God is looking for true worshipers that will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. When we worship him like that, I mean, worship him unapologetically, you know, worship him intentionally worship him unrestrained. You know, when we worship him, it just pushes us be beyond ourselves. And what do I mean about be, being pushed beyond yourself? Is where you just lose sight of you. I mean, getting caught up in worship, not just the sake of worship, but worshiping God, knowing what you're worshiping. Getting caught up And seeing him for who he is and worshiping him for being God and just losing sight of you. Because you're not confined to your own surroundings. You don't see your weaknesses. You don't see uh, your pain. You don't see your discouragement. You don't see your disappointments. You just see him And, and in the midst of seeing him, everything becomes possible because faith comes alive in worship worship ignites your faith and it just causes you to see things from a different perspective it causes you to see yourself as God sees you you know I'm reminded of the story in the Bible about the woman with the alabaster box and the Bible says, you know, uh, well, when we read, we'll see three accounts. I believe three accounts of this particular story in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And and Mark and Matthew, they give their account of the story, but Luke seems to go into more of a detailed version. And we see where's that uh, Jesus entering, being uh, invited to Simon's house. And one, one said that it was Simon the leper. Another says Simon the Pharisee. But but the, the, the thing that they could agree on was that Jesus was at Simon's house. And while they were there eating, the Bible says that, in all three accounts says that this woman who was a sinner came to the house she came with the intent of finding Jesus Jesus but I want to paint a picture for a minute because this is really important because this woman who had questionable reputation had a questionable reputation and and known to be a sinner you know she came to a, the house of a Pharisee. One other religious people. Now that in itself is a miracle that she had enough guts to come. But see, I I, I, let me take that back. It wasn't necessarily having guts. I believe it was more desperation because she wanted to see Jesus. She needed to see Jesus. Her need to see Jesus outweighed any fear. That she may have had of pushing her way into this Pharisee's house uninvited. And so they say that this woman with a questionable reputation went into this religious person's house, pushed her way through, passed by. And went straight to Jesus. Now, Matthew tells us that when she comes into the house and she makes her way to Jesus, that she anoints his head. And that in itself is powerful. But Mark goes on to say that coming to Jesus, that she broke the alabaster box and she anointed Jesus. Jesus. But I moved, I moved with the account of Luke. Luke tells us more in detail, more of the intimate version of the experience that this woman was having with Jesus. I mean, she was really having an experience because she came to Jesus. As, as Luke, Luke tells us, you know, he tells us that she comes in and she goes to Jesus. But when she gets to him, she does something. She falls at his feet, sobbing, crying. And she begins to take her hair and wipe the tears off of his feet. Now she's washing his feet with her tears. Now, you know, they walked everywhere. So no doubt, and Jesus wore sanders, so no doubt his feet was dirty. But yet she used her tears and her hair to wash his feet. Now that in itself is mind-blowing. That in itself is intimate. But she proceeds to kiss the feet of Jesus. Now, I really want you to get this. Because imagine, imagine sitting back in the house, Simon the Pharisee and no doubt all of his buddies sitting in the house watching this woman crying, sobbing uncontrollably wiping the tears off of the feet of Jesus with her hair and kissing his feet all the while. That had to have made them uncomfortable. I mean, this is an intimate moment and and it could be considered a little bit intrusive because this moment was between Jesus and this woman, nobody else her worship was so focused so filled with love and and so committed to the to Jesus that that she had blanked everybody else out she wasn't concerned about them she was only concerned about Jesus and pouring out her love her oil you know that alabaster box was only It really was only symbolic of what she was pouring out upon him. You know, the the alabaster box full of ore, as someone said, it could have been sold to feed the poor because it was costly. But look what it cost her. It cost her shame to come in there knowing that she would be looked at, sneered at, talked about to push past in a house that she was uninvited to. She knew the cost it would be and not even knowing if they were allowed, would even allow her to stay, but the cost to push past all of that, the shame of, of, of the name that she carried in disgrace, to push past all of that, to get to the feet of Jesus. That was costly, but it was a price that she was willing to pay because the reward of her sacrifice of praise and worship was the love that she received from Jesus. Wow. Wow. You know, that's powerful. I mean, the kind of worship that moves God. And, and as you can see, if you read the stories continually on to the to the uh resurrection of jesus christ when he rose from the dead you know this same woman was the one that that was at the tomb that he revealed himself to and gave her the privilege to go and announce his him rising from the grave she had no idea of what her worship would open up to her because it was unselfish it was pure. It was only to to love on him, and 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 from Jesus' lip, lip lips, it was to anoint him for his burial, because he know that he knew that he would soon go to the cross. But I'm reminded also of another woman in the and I believe in the book of. Uh, the book of John, St. John, the fourth chapter. It talks about a woman, a Samaritan woman. And this Samaritan woman, she had a questionable reputation as well. And the Bible says that she didn't know really true worship. The reason why I said that is because uh, Jesus said that that the Samaritans worship what they didn't know. She didn't understand even the fact that a source of the worship, true worship was standing in front of her. Because as Jesus began to tell her about the water that he wanted to give her, that she didn't need anything to draw with and that she would never thirst. And she wanted this water. He wanted to let her know that he was that water, that living water. And, and that she was, she was there by divine appointment, by him, allowing her to be there so that he could satisfy her thirsting soul. Because this woman, no doubt, was looking. She was thirsty. Yeah, she was thirsty because the Bible says that she had had five husbands and the one that she was living with wasn't even her husband. And so she was thirsty. And none of those men could satisfy her. But she encountered someone who had a well in him that never ran dry, and that he would pour out without measure. And he poured out upon that water upon that woman that day. He poured out upon her, and she was filled with the living water, with the with with the water of life, with the water of worship. Where she began to to worship him for for enlightening her, for giving her that that quench for giving her that satisfaction, for for satisfying her thirst to the point where she began to go back to where she came from and began to tell the men about this Jesus that she had just encountered. And she was in essence, worshiping him, worshiping him by telling them, come see a man, come see a man that just told me everything about myself. And she began to worship him because of the truth, because of the truth of who he was now in her life. She knew now what it was that she was worshiping, that she wasn't just worshiping blindly of of ignorance because someone told her to worship. But she worshiped because she had an encounter with the Lord. And that's the truly the birthing of true worship is that you have an encounter with the Lord because you cannot worship what you don't understand. You cannot worship what you do not have insight of. God wants to give each and every one of us. When he gives us a new day, it is to encounter him is to have a deep insight, of the love, of the acceptance that he has towards us. Because when we understand that he accepts us in the beloved, that he loves us with an everlasting love, that even while we were yet sinners, he died for us so that prove to us that he loves us, that we don't have to do anything to earn his love, that he's already given it to us freely. He loves you even right there where you are. And you may look at yourself and you may think that there's so many hangups in your life. You may even think that you are a mess, but I want to let you know that God loves you. And if you would get in agreement that God loves you and began to worship him because he does love you, it would change how you see yourself. It will bring you out of a place of depression and oppression. It would give you joy, unspeakable and full of glory, simply because worship brings you into an atmosphere of liberty. So what I want to say to you before I end this podcast is that God loves you and God desires you to know him intimately like that. Break your alabaster box. And I'm not talking about a a natural box. I'm talking about the box on the inside of you. Break that box and begin to give God worship and love on him and watch him. Watch him do for you what you can't do for yourself. Watch him show you a side of himself that can blow your mind watch him watch him because i'm telling you god wants to supersede anything that you've ever known if you just put your trust in him if you just dare to worship him if you just dare open up yourself and allow him to show you what he can do but it takes you worshiping him it takes you getting out of your your comfort zone it's, it takes you to trust him with all of your heart and to lean out to your own understanding. It takes you to acknowledge him that, God, I'm going to worship you on this new day. Why? Because you gave me this day and I'm going to worship you. Well, God bless you. I want you to know that God loves you. And you know what? If we see each other again on this next new day, let's see each other on this podcast with a spirit of worship. God bless you. Have a great day.